Hey everyone and welcome to What Messes With Your Head. Today we're looking at men's mental health. This is one of those areas where obviously everyone's got mental health and mental health issues that we're all wrestling with. But we know that sometimes culturally or for various reasons, men have found it hard to talk about their mental health, to manage their mental health with the friends around them and to approach mental health professionals. So we thought it'd be really good to discuss it today. We brought Alex, an employee and former student of Adelaide Uni, onto the show to have a discussion with myself and Steph. And we talk about a range of topics and, and our own experiences with approaching our mental health and how we've found the society or culture around us can either help or hinder that. Now, this podcast is produced by the University of Adelaide. However, any opinions on the show are our own and not of the university. With that, we're going to hand over to Ali Buckskin for the Welcome to Country, and then we'll get into the episode. Thanks, Ali. For over 60,000 years, this always was and always will be Ghana country. This land was never ceded. I walk proudly in the footsteps left by my ancestors, the Ghana, Narunga and Warungu people, the traditional owners of the lands that I'm speaking on today. I honour and respect my elders past, present and those that are emerging. I am connected to these land, skies and waters through those who came before me, and I will continue the guardianship of this country for those who come after me. I pay respect to all Aboriginal people from all nations listening today and the cultural authority that you bring from your country. I acknowledge my Papa Buckskin, and on behalf of him and all the Ghana people, I welcome you here today. Yakanantalia Yungarantalia, Nainari Ali Katanya Buckskin, Naitangi Wilta Ghana Naranga Nanki, Marawachanga Ghana Miena, Naimani Napudni Ghana Yatana Mongandi, Mani Pudni Natalia. Hey, you're listening to What Messes With Your Head, a podcast about breaking stigmas and just having general chats about life and what we think needs to be talked about a little bit more. Welcome to What Messes With Your Head. Today we're having a chat about men's mental health and I am joined by John. Hello, I am a man. <laughs> um, and Alex? Hi, I'm a guy. <laughs> oh, that's good. We've um, all bases covered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a chick talking about men's mental health, which is the demographic that we need, apparently. So, yes. <laughs> we wanted to just like have a chat about how easy it is to talk about this sort of stuff um, for guys and, and women and the differences between um, talking about mental health, um, depending on your gender and who you're talking with. So, um, Alex, since you haven't been on the show before, who are you? What's your deal? <laughs> I'm Alex. Uh, I'm currently a barista. I have been a student at LA University a few times now. Started in media, majoring in photography, and was like, that ain't it. Uh, then I went into nursing around when COVID hit. And now I'm doing coffee stuff, so that's me. Yeah, that's cool. Sounds like you're speed running that. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's become a pro. Yeah, hustle and grind mentality. You know, it just really, it really lives with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're literally on the grind now, so that's okay. coffee grinds. <laughs> oh yes, we welcome Great all puns here. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I might just step in and say um, one reason that we wanted to do this episode about men's mental health. So, obviously, we know that men are not the only people with mental health or mental health issues. Um, but um, I put forward this idea because I've found that both myself and 
other guys I know, there can be a bit of a stigma around mental health and talking about mental health and especially, you know, I've, I've talked to different guys and some of them feel like uh, talking about their mental health or getting help with mental health feels like a bit of a failure. <laughs> kind of, uh, it's something that can be really hard to kind of A, accept and then B, actually do something about. So, mm-hmm. we thought it would be great to kind of just open up this conversation and talk about our own experiences and what we hear and that kind of thing. It's hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's hard and it's it's not just hard. It's really hard. Like, we yeah. really don't talk about it. And like, I see a bunch of like seminars and, you know, you're doing a course, they have like a mental health thing you have to go to. And it's like, it's okay to talk about your mental health. It's okay. Yeah. And like, yeah, we get that. But how is kind of mm. the next question like how do i like i feel bad but what's my bad feeling how do i then describe it and then asking that further question doesn't really seem to happen too much at least from what i see so yeah. when you do go and try and talk to someone like hey like you're my mate i see you're feeling bad like you know what's going on they're like i don't know i feel bad mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, yeah so part of it's just like self-awareness or not, not really understanding what it is that you're feeling. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like the like we're having the conversations, but we're not really developing the language to have productive yeah. conversations. At least from what I'm seeing, you know, my mates happy to tell me like, yeah, I'm having a shit week, but they can't really tell me like why it's sh- what traumas are being triggered, why this affects that, how they're coping yep. with it, what their coping mechanisms are. You know, like they don't, they can't work through any of that because they're just like, I just feel bad. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. Do do you think that is something that maybe comes with like self-reflection that is something that not many people or not a lot of people do or or do you think it's not even a individual thing? Do you think it's almost like a social group thing where like I think it's a pretty human trait to try and put everything into like a category to try and yeah. make like like that saying of like ignorance is bliss. You know, that can only be true if the world is like a black and white kind of situation or whatever it is, is black and white, but everything really exists in like this grayscale, but for things to exist in a grayscale, you have to critically think about them and that's hard. Mm. So I'd rather make a black and white, simplify things, Mm. ignorance is bliss and like move on, you know? And Mm. and just get on with your day. Yeah. I wonder if that's almost connected to like... I know we were joking about hustle culture before, <laughs> but like I know I know not everyone's into hustle culture, but it's definitely a big thing. And like hustle culture has no room for <laughs> kind of mental health. Oh, I hate uh, yeah. <laughs> I hate or, it so much. Okay, on that yeah. a little bit though, there's like the differences between just like the genders of men and women. Like there's been noted studies of the kinds of things that are served up to men and women on like social media and stuff as promoted material and like a lot more of the hustle culture the like you just got to get through it you just got to do it goes to men and a lot more of the like emotional like you deserve this you deserve like a break and like you you can you know yeah yeah. spoil yourself yeah welcome back to future steph just wanted to jump in here and mention that I looked into this a little bit. And while it is true that men are more likely to be served content that reflects hustle culture and something called toxic productivity, which is a term that I just found, describes this perfectly. It's basically productivity to a degree that is actually harmful to you and your mental health. 
there is a big pushback against that entire mentality from younger generations. So that's like millennials and younger. The good thing is that marketing platforms generally want to appeal to a younger audience, which means that more and more of them are embracing gender neutral advertising and moving away from serving content that is reflective of hustle culture and toxic productivity. And similarly, advice for small businesses is reflecting pretty much the same. That is moving away from the idea of a daily grind and 24-7 hustle and moving towards something called break culture, which is basically encouraging a much healthier work-life balance. While hustle culture is definitely still alive and well, it also looks like it's generally a dying mentality, which is really good news for our mental health. Now back to the conversation. I don't know if I've ever been told to spoil myself, <laughs> which, yeah. is, which is one of the things. I think, you know, I, th- I think I did have someone say it to me once and I was like, I almost like my immediate thought was like, no, nah, I'm not allowed to do that. Yeah, like why? <laughs> like I can't do that. <laughs> but and then I, I think like I did like and it was literally just like, I don't know, having a night where I just do whatever the hell I want and like, you know, eat whatever I want or whatever. And it was nice. But at the same time, <laughs> it's kind of like this weird thing hanging over me where it's like, Am I actually allowed to be doing this? Yeah, you can't like relax into it properly. Like I tried, I, I haven't had a bath in, you know, years probably at this point and I tried to have a bath recently. I got a bath bomb, like made it all like fancy and stuff. Yeah. I couldn't really enjoy it. Like it was just, yeah, I couldn't relax into it. Like it wasn't okay for me to sit down and enjoy a bath bomb. Like it's just a bath. Yeah. And that's a, <laughs> yeah, and you know what, you know what's funny? Like in all honesty, like I have this one impulse in my head that's like, make a joke about that, right? And it's like, I definitely don't want to give you crap about, like, taking a bath with bath bombs. But it, it is totally, like, part of being a guy, I think, like, growing up with other guys. It's almost like this impulse kind of thing to, to do that. Um, I t- I'm totally the same. Like, I would I would love to have a bath with it. I don't think I've ever tried bath bombs, but you've put me onto it now. Hey, go, man. They're great. I, I personally couldn't <laughs> fully get into it, but maybe yeah. it's also because I could only half get into my bath. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the other problem, yeah, isn't it? That yeah. wouldn't help. Yeah. This is the real problem in there. Our baths aren't big enough for us. <laughs> no, not, not for tall boys. No. <laughs> but, like, yeah, even that, like, it's kind of, you know, like in my job, I'm a barista. I talk to people all day. Yeah. How's your day? What have I been up to? You know, let them in a bit of my life. But at no point have I ever mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I had a bath bomb last night. You know, mm. like, it wasn't something yeah. that I wanted to freely offer up, even though it was, like, a nice thing I did for myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just... Yeah one of those things like yeah, that, that self-care doing doing a face mask whatever having a skincare routine cutting your nails mm. instead of biting them and ripping them like yeah. you don't really admit it. Yeah, yeah. you just you just do it and then yeah, 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 yeah. move on you know do, do you find in your experience do you find it okay so you do that stuff but you wouldn't tell your male friends about it do you find you ever tell female or other gendered friends about that stuff i mean or do you kind of just keep it to yourself i mean some of those aren't necessarily applicable to myself. I don't have a skincare routine. I probably should. Okay. I feel like everyone needs a skincare routine, just as a side note. Yeah, and also, everyone. <laughs> I personally don't at the moment. I just, you know, shower and soap, like a three-in-one soap. It's good for the environment, whatever. <laughs> but, like, yeah, talk to my sister about it. Like, I'll talk to my girlfriend, no problem. Yeah. But talking to my mates about chucking a face mask on when we have a few beers and watch, you know, anime together on a Friday night. Yeah. Nah, not really. Yeah. Really yeah, 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 yeah. That's definitely something I found is that like um, talking about 
A, that kind of stuff, like the self-care stuff, but also just like all the feeling stuff. I've personally found it much easier talking to uh, women in particular about all that stuff than my guy friends. <laughs> and I still do. I still do. And I think it's not that I don't want to talk to guy friends about it, but it's just like coming back to what you said before about a lot of them not having the language around it. Women <laughs> to kind of like better language and it really helped yeah. me understand my own feelings to then go talk about it to someone else. Yeah, you know, they'll just say things in a way. Oh, yeah, that is the thing I'm feeling. Oh, that does make a lot of sense. And yeah, totally. It's just they, the language has existed, not has existed. That women have had to work to develop the language, and we're just we're just behind. <laughs> we're, we're just playing catch up. Like, and we're the perpetrators yeah. in a lot of these situations. So, like, we are then like oppressing, and then being like, "Can you also help us to not oppress you?" Yeah, like, it's, it's such a. Oh, man, we've got so much to unpack here. Yeah. Just jumping in here to let you know that if you're having trouble understanding your own mental health or you want to learn some of the language surrounding it and you don't want to start that conversation with friends or someone you know, that is more than understandable. Basically, there are a whole bunch of really awesome online resources you can look into in your own time, in your own comfortable space. The Wellbeing Hub, which is the guys that we represent, they are on the University of Adelaide website. They have a lot of different resources, which are an excellent starting point to understanding your brain a little bit more and kind of getting your head around some of the language surrounding it. Other than that, Headspace and Reach Out are two of my favorite resources for really easy to access information that you can browse through when you're feeling comfortable enough to do so. So they have loads of little articles and information sheets on their websites. Just have a browse, get yourself a bit more acquainted with the language, see what might resonate with you. You'll find links to all of these in the show notes uh, and episode description. But for now, let's get back to the chat. I was literally just going to say before that you were talking about like sitting watching anime with your mates, like doing skincare or face masks. I would love to see that just as a side note, just like, just like a bunch of guys being like, yes, let's skincare this crap up, you know, just do it. Just can't wait for the, that is an acceptable thing to do with my mates. You know? <laughs> well, you know what's you know what's funny is um so so my partner's actually a few times kind of done a skincare routine on me because I have no idea what I'm doing like I've never done that yeah. <laughs> um and like I love it I love I love that kind of like <laughs> I don't know what is it the feeling of that like self care kind of thing but um mm-hmm. like like we were saying before at the same time it's like it feels weird at the same time and I kind of have to just ignore that part of my brain that's just like yeah this is weird yeah. don't tell anyone about it don't tell the entire audience on what messes with your head yeah. about it. <laughs> Mm. Um, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, hundred percent. Some some friends though, you know, you try and open up, and as much as and this goes for both genders, as much as some people are like, I want you to open up, I want you to be able to talk to your feelings. Yep. Depending on the person, when you do go and approach them, sometimes they don't really mean what they were saying as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes it is too much for them, and I think it's important that you can be supportive of people and their mental health and being able to talk about it, but also understanding like if you're not equipped to deal with someone else's mental health. That's totally fine too. Yeah, totally, totally. This is something that Steph and I were talking about yesterday, how um, like it is good that we would want to encourage more men to open up to their friends and stuff like that. But also then, like you said, being aware that you can't rely, especially we're talking about not relying on one person, whether that's Mm. your partner or your mum or, you know, a best friend or something like that. Mm. If If you're trying to always 
dump everything on that one person, it's often <laughs> that's not fair on them, and it's kind of a codependent thing. Absolutely. We're talking about um, so so we've been watching a lot of Friends at the moment, no. and um, if if you know anything about Ross from Friends, he's like he's one of those extreme cases where. He has he has a lot of feelings and stuff, which is you know fine. But then he's like constantly <laughs> kind of dumping on all his friends and stuff like that. Um, mm. And I guess it works it works as a show because it kind of makes him the main character. But in real life, if you're constantly making yourself the main character, then you kind of end up being a bit of a dick, so. yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's draining for your friends. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, even just going back and rewatching Friends is like knowing that that's what's happening as well and that's what he's doing is just like it's kind of off-putting to watch it it like puts me on the edge of my seat yeah. whenever he comes on the screen now because i'm like <laughs> you're just not dealing with your problems <laughs> you're just complaining about them to everyone and making it everyone else's problems so i guess that, that that's like the fine line of like you don't want to say that too much and then shut the person down or stop them from opening up to other people it's funny so there was literally today we're watching an episode where um if you know janice from the show she's like the the woman with the really high nasally voice who uh chandler dated for a bit Mm -hmm. um and she's quite like whiny and stuff like that anyway spoiler ross and janice get together very briefly um and she ends up dumping him because he's too whiny (laughs) and then that's that's the reality check for him that he's been complaining too much to his friends so um not saying like rely on that kind of thing in real life (laughs) but there was there was that moment of realization there yeah it's interesting because a lot of those not that i've watched all the friends but i've watched how i met your mother and stuff when i was a kid a lot like they kind of are from a time period where like now we have you know me too and we have yeah conversations we're having this podcast right now like whereas that didn't really exist as much when those shows were being created so mm. yeah totally it wasn't even as much, uh, it was just a representation of how some men are behaving you know yeah. the, the character was a relatable person yeah for mm. us as the audience to grab because we see people like that in our life um yeah but now we we are learning we are developing the language for mental health we're looking at it with a different lens and we're able to analyze and be like, oh, yeah. no, that's actually not behaviors to exhibit. Yeah, mm. yeah, totally. Um, I don't know if you can answer this, Alex, uh, but do you feel like amongst your friends, so we're talking about the difference now between, you know, 10, 20 years ago and now, do you feel like more of your male friends are going to therapy or open to the idea of therapy or do you think that's still very much taboo? Yeah, absolutely. Like, um. Not as many of them are in therapy as they should be. Um, but I think that goes for, like, most humans. Yeah, yeah. well, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, I don't... Yeah, like, there's definitely a lot more... But also, like, at the same time, we're relatively young. Like, we have to experience the traumas to go to therapy to resolve. So, some of those happen yeah. at later stages in your life. Some of them happen earlier. Some of them have gone to therapy because, some, like, you know, they've had an accident or something like that that's caused them to go Mm. but but the general consensus generally is that yeah they are much more open to the idea or at least like getting to one appointment you know Mm. yeah a lot of making that first step yeah a lot of guys i see are very defeated by the process after they go to the recommended psychologist from their gp don't go they don't know how to find a psychologist that works for them what they need for themselves that they hate the system the psychologist didn't help them yeah 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 that's a really good point, actually, because, I mean, that's something everyone has to deal with is finding a counsellor or a therapist that kind of they connect with 
because that connection is one of the most powerful things in therapy. And yeah, if you've if it's taken so long or so much kind of mental effort for you to even get to that point and you don't connect to whether I can totally see why you wouldn't Absolutely. <laughs> kind of keep and going. So. When you got to compare, you know, if you're in a lower income or you're a uni student, yeah. you can't really afford to spend the money going to a private, you know, psychologist and you have to kind of go to where your mental health plan allows you to go. You have very limited options. The people might not be right for you. You, you just feel more caged and more stuck. There's not really anyone that kind of sits down and is like, this is your issue. Let me find someone who can provide this, provide that, that can try and work within the budget. That that job, that helping role to steer people in the right direction doesn't really exist. And mm. my bet has been getting recommendations from like my sister's psychologist yeah. uh, and yep. calling the receptionist and asking them for suggestions. Yeah, right. Getting help that way. Like, because whenever I ask my GP, just get the worst psychologist. They have no idea. They're just like, <laughs> do this, you'll be fine, mate. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah. They just got ticker box. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, take this medication, mm. you'll be fine. I'd like to give you another bit of a jumping off point for resources. If you're a student at the University of Adelaide, there are professional counsellors that are available to you and are completely free. We'll have links to making appointments in the episode description, but they're fully professional and completely free to students at the uni. Other than that, I would really highly recommend Beyond Blue. Their website has a really excellent page for support information and basic details about the different kinds of mental health professionals, what they do, and a bit of an indicator of what might be best for you. On that page as well, they also have a link to a database for Australian mental health professionals. And that database actually outlines what they specialize in. So if you're having trouble with a particular thing, so if you're having trouble with grief, Uh, trauma of a specific kind, eating disorder, something like that, sexuality, gender, anything else in a huge range of areas, you can identify who may be able to help you better in the areas that you feel you need the most help in. So if one doesn't click with you, it is okay to go and find someone else who also can help with those areas um, and may click a bit better with you and your personality and the way that you deal with things. All right, back to the chat. One other thing we kind of wanted to talk about was, I mean, like just general discussion about male culture. I guess we can talk from experience about male culture here in Australia. It might be slightly different in different countries, but... You know, we've seen male culture kind of grow and change a bit on the internet, but we're still seeing kind of derogatory terms. Um, For example, like soy boy or, uh, you know, talk about alpha males, beta males. Um, (laughs) I was was looking at the uh, Wikipedia page for soy boy just before. Um, And let me read this out. Uh, The term bears many similarities and has been compared to the slang terms cuck, new male, and low T, which means low testosterone. and actually, we're talking about the word simp yesterday, mm. Steph, <laughs> yeah. um, and how that's like slightly different but connected as well. I mean, like we're still seeing kind of derogatory terms of all kinds on the internet, but like obviously there is still, especially with like, you know, Red Pill and different online communities and stuff like that, there does still seem to be a very strong push for like, this is biased, but toxic masculinity <laughs> kind of groups out there on the internet. Mm. Are, are you guys seeing much of this? Uh, online or real life? Or? Not in circles that I hang out in. Yeah. But like visit Reddit, Twitter, whatever, and just a yeah. bunch of it. And it's 
one of those things like I don't know really what I can do other than just not engage in it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. totally. I just don't have friends that talk like that. I don't, you know, have people on Instagram or whatever that make reels or whatever like that. Like I just, just don't engage in it. I just move on. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. I feel like that's the main thing, right? Yeah. I mean, like I've had friends who I wouldn't say was like heavily involved in those circles or anything, but like unbeknownst to me, they had anything to do with like red pill or stuff like that. Um, and then there were situations where they said something that was like in line with that. And it like completely caught me off guard. Um, yeah. And, and I, I think it's like, that was also a reminder that like, it's not even necessarily who, you know, as, as a man or anyone who you're hanging out with in real life, but like a lot of people just surround themselves by these communities online or just like taking a lot of uh, that kind of content and stuff like that. And yeah. Actually, there, there was a really good uh, podcast done by the New York Times called Rabbit Hole where they, they interviewed someone who had basically, I think they're kind of like on the more like left-leaning political s- spectrum in the US, um, but they accidentally radicalized themselves into kind of red pill culture through YouTube and just kind of th- YouTube's recommendation algorithms yeah. over like eight months to year long period. And, like, if you listen to this podcast, it's fascinating because they actually go through the person's YouTube history and kind of, like, check where they are at each point in time, <laughs> it, what, what videos they're watching, what videos led to which videos. Yeah. And this this was someone who was basically just in a, a crappy position where, you know, they couldn't, they're out of a job and they're spending a lot of time just on the internet through no fault of their own, but okay. just things led to things and slowly kind of warped and uh, made their views more extreme. And then something eventually kind of gave them a reality check and they pulled themselves out of the whole thing. But it was, yeah. It, it's so tough, like, how how much of a slippery slope it gets. Like, I've I've gone and looked on YouTube, Snapchat stories. Snapchat stories are the worst ones because there's no comments or anything. So, no one can even call out when it's, like, bullshit. But, uh, yep. yeah, like, I've gone through YouTube videos looking at, like, what are these right-wing influencers saying to men? Like, what, what have they said? that's made my cousin kind of think this way. So I like going to watch the video and then my whole YouTube home feed is all just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, all that. I'm like, Oh yeah, like, I don't want to watch this. You know, autoplay goes on. I've way while I'm washing the dishes. And next thing I know, <laughs> of, like, YouTube radicalizes itself. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I had that. Um, I, I started checking out YouTube shorts recently yeah. just cause I was like, all right, you know, they've been around for a while. I haven't really watched them. And I was amazed that they were definitely a lot more extreme than my general YouTube suggestions. Yeah. Um, and so, like, because I watch a bit of, like, a bit of Joe Rogan, because I, I think he's done some really solid interviews with a few people that I really respect. When YouTube goes, all right, so, so John likes Joe Rogan, and then you go to the YouTube shorts, and, like, some of them started with Joe Rogan, and it was going, like, Dave Chappelle, and then it was going a few people kind of along that network, that specific network, and then some of these shorts were taking like specific things said. I don't know whether they're in context or out of context, but they were like slightly racist, for example, or slightly sexist. And then you look at the comments and there's people basically saying, yeah, like finally things being said that I haven't been allowed to say in real life. And, <laughs> and it's like, I, I haven't seen this anywhere else on my YouTube. Uh, mm. But yeah, for whatever reason, the YouTube shorts algorithm was just supercharged <laughs> towards that. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, uh, I had to explain the rage bait to my partner recently. Oh, right. And she didn't understand that, like, people are, like, like, it's all about engagement and reaction and yeah. they're there about 
what the message of what they're saying actually is. They will say yeah. like these crazy things. They'll edit things to get these reactions to get the engagement up because it's all about the internet points. It's all about the dopamine release. But yeah. the misuse yep. of their platform for it, like all of that information getting spread, like it's it's like a whole other yeah. thing. Well, like I, I know this episode is specifically about men's mental health, but I do think this is what we're talking about is very important because I think it has been seen a lot amongst men around the world that like this kind of social media, what's happening on social media is having a huge influence in these ways. And like and like men have, whether it's, you know, mental health issues or other kind of like, you know, problems going on in their life that they're trying to find ways of solving or solutions or, you know, ways of expressing. And because they don't have a good way to talk about it with their friends, <laughs> they're, they're looking online for answers. And that, that's yeah. when they get these extreme views. And often it's these extreme people that say that they have the solution to exactly what you're feeling. But, but like at the end of the day, why is there no good men, good left-wing men influencers? Like there really doesn't seem to be. And like to me, it's because a, like a good man or whatever doesn't need to be telling other men how to live their life, you know? doesn't need to yeah. be like giving action ordering like it's just it all falls into yeah. that like toxic masculinity when mm. men telling other people how to this is what you have to do to do it right this is how you'd be a good person it's it's, yep. it's in the gray scale and that takes critical thinking and yep. like to just put it black and white and yeah. like that's the language you're ever hearing about mental health because you don't have the language to talk about it to your other friends. Yeah. Such an echo chamber. It's totally. really interesting totally. that you mentioned that as well because there's this whole concept called like the black box concept of like it's specifically to do with science, but just in general I find it's the case with social media of like there's people who are actually actively doing the things. Like it's the reason why you don't see good things happening so much on social media is because people yeah. will constantly talk about the bad things that are happening and then the people who are doing the good things or being like not <laughs> or the left-leaning sort of male influences type thing are not talking about it they're just doing it and then like that's it yeah. so you don't see the content surrounding it they're just living that way or doing the thing of that masculinity doesn't need the showboating, the, the gloating, the need to impress or whatever. It, it mm. is just you doing your thing. Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, you mentioned examples of like maybe left-leaning or progressive uh, male role models on the internet. I know, uh, Steph, some some guys that you have a lot of respect for and I respect them too, uh, John mm. Green and Hank Green. Mm-hmm. who I was wondering if you're going to bring them up. So much good. Yeah, I was going to bring them up. <laughs> They've done so much good, uh, whether it's if you've ever watched like the Crash Course history and other topic videos, they started that. Mm-hmm. Um, Vlogbrothers, all these other initiatives that Steph knows about that I don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like they're such good role models and they're also such good role models about dealing with mental health stuff, but they don't specifically talk about, you know, masculinity or yeah. anything specifically male. Yeah. And so while, while I do think they're really good role models for a lot of guys, Maybe that is part of it as well. You know, the, you do have probably a lot of the more extreme male role models who are like really specifically talking to what it, what is it to be a man kind of thing. Yeah. And we always have mm. like this confused male identity <laughs> these days where we've kind of got like the more traditional male role in society. We're trying to shrug off in some ways, but like we're still trying to figure out what, what does a modern man look like, which could be so many different things. But And I think that's right to me. To me, if, if I'm a modern man can be whatever you want it to be, 
uh, because I'm aware of how society generally expects me to behave, to present, to be traditionally masculine, I can yeah. play on that to my own benefit. So I, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. do yep. sleep, I beard, I, I'm a tall man, I go to the gym. You know, I choose to use a deeper voice rather than a higher pitched voice when I talk to people. Yep. All of those are purposeful choices to, I guess, make my life easy. Mm. I, I love anime, but I didn't grow up running around like a Naruto kid because that would have made my life harder. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. So it's just <laughs> one of those things, like, I just find life easier the more traditionally masculine I present. Yep. So mm. why not just make it easier for myself? That's not also necessarily being true to myself. And that's also why I'm in therapy. I'm trying to figure all that out. Yep. You know, so we're, we're all online. And I think it can be whatever you want it to be. As long as you're not, you're not harming anyone else. Yeah. It's a valid human experience. Any extreme is toxic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Find your thing and you do it. My, my favorite male role model doesn't talk about masculinity or any of that. Cause he's just doing it. He's just doing his thing. He, yeah. He's a father, totally. He, he plays games. He has no hair on his head. He wears glasses. He talks about nerd stuff all day. Like yep. that's my role model because he's just a guy who's confident in himself, doing his thing. You know, he does the traditional masculine mm. thing. He looks for his, looks after his family, provides for him, whatever. He's doing all that, mm. but he's also just doing himself. And he doesn't talk about yep. how this is masculine. That's who he is. And he's a guy. He's mm. a man. He's a dude. Yeah. He's a dude. I love that. <laughs> That needs to be one of our hashtags. <laughs> yeah, it does. Just talking about not seeing a whole lot of, like, like playing into the traditional masculinity of men, of what we kind of assume we would be seeing. I would love to make a suggestion and say, if you could follow more like trans or gender diverse people on social media, just like anyone in general, should just follow more of those people. Even if it's got nothing to do with what you would normally engage with or anything like that, just having that stuff come up on your feed more often is just so... Because, like, in reality, when you see people in your day-to-day life, you just see people who kind of put themselves into a box and cookie-cutter themselves. And then social media, you see these gender-diverse people, these people who even may still consider themselves to be like a cis man or a cis woman, um, but just like existing outside of the gender norms. It's just so you're like, oh, I can actually do that. That's a potential possibility. Like it's just such an interesting freeing thing. Following those people, it exposes you to different walks of life, different terminology, different languages. It helps you understand Mm -hmm. yourself who you are or who you're, you know, and understanding mm. who you're not is, is work towards understanding yourself as well. Mm. Yeah, totally. And e- even if it's like follow them and you go, I'm not that, at least you, you get an insight into what it is to be a human living that experience as well. Absolutely. Because it, mm. it's so easy to put down people who you don't understand because you just don't, it's the whole in-group, out-group thing. You just don't see them as a full human. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. People, people really like make it black and white like to compartmentalize they like to put you in a box what can this guy do for me what can this woman do for me what can my partner yeah. do for me and when those people can't provide in that uh box or they try and ask for something outside of that box it's is too much and people get upset yeah mm. yeah, exactly. yeah yeah it's um it's it's re- actually Seth. it's really interesting to get your perspective on all this stuff as well because i think like 
it's great for like us guys to talk to each other about this because you know we'll slowly figure stuff out ourselves but as you said getting exposed to people with other perspectives is also mm. great for kind of increasing your awareness <laughs> as well interesting discussion about like what's portrayed in media and how that might influence how men feel like they can act and talk mm. so i mean if, if we're thinking about i don't even know what our ideal way of being a man would be in regards to talking about your mental health or dealing with it but can you think of any movies shows or anything like that where you think the main male character did it in a healthy way in a healthy way yeah (laughs) so not ross from friends (laughs) in a healthy way Um, like a role model for us to learn from (laughs) healthy male role model in a movie heart stopper heart stopper what's heart stopper it's a netflix show it's a very it's like based on two teenage boys and one of them is like very much gay and the other one is coming to terms with the fact that he might be bisexual and through the whole thing it's just like it's like you feel like it's going to go into all the classic tropes of you know miscommunication someone being an asshole you know people yelling at each other like there's there's so many realistic issues that they come across and then it's just dealt with so beautifully like there's even just like mental health the main character becomes like quite depressed at one point and starts shutting everyone out and it's just dealt with so excellently like i just wish yeah i wish more people would see that as well because it's just it's really good really really good and i i really like that kind of in this case it's a gay character and a bi character but you know their character isn't completely shaped by that and they're mm. more than that because i mean for example like i have a a gay male friend who does not he does not seem like any of the stereotypes that we would associate with being gay or at least we used to um mm. to the point where you know i would say he's probably one of the blokiest guys i know and he actually has to like wear like certain rainbow things <laughs> just to kind of signal to other gay guys that he's gay because like Otherwise, they would have no idea. So, he has a really hard time kind of um, finding relationships and stuff like that. That's interesting. Must be difficult for him. Yeah, I can't speak for him. But, um, yeah, just had an interesting brief chat with him once that was about that. But, like, yeah, I don't know. Alex, did you have any ideas of things that you had seen? Shows where you see a healthy... I I try and stay off of media a bit. Like, I don't watch uh, shows and movies lately. I can think of a lot of bad ones off the top of my head. You know, like really popular movie with men is Fight Club, but like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> how it's such that's a great example of like being masculine, and it's really the opposite. Yeah, he was he was going to uh, he was going to like uh, not therapy. What was it? The group sessions at the start of the movie, at least. Anonymous when he wasn't an alcoholic. Yeah, that's right. So I'm just I'm trying to think what's big at the moment, like uh, The Last of Us, for example. Mm. I mean, everyone seems to love Pedro Pascal. In anything he's in. <laughs> mm. He's definitely more masculine in that. I haven't watched the whole thing. Um, I've I've seen a lot of the original game, but yeah. I think just in general, like as a, as a role model, he's pretty good as well. Like he does kind of have the generic masculine idea that you would associate with a straight cis male. But like mm. he w- will talk openly about yeah. like- emotions and trans rights and just like get into the nitty-gritty of things yeah no it's good you gotta it's good seeing more men be comfortable to open up you know Mm. it's not that we necessarily need answers as well it's just men from all sides 
of the spectrum on every corner of the world like just need to develop the language yep and and yeah. it's just, the more we see people people that have that language if we see them in, on our screens you know in person at our coffee shops or whatever they're able to teach us some of that language and we can teach our friend and then we can mm. kind of maybe have an answer in the future on how to deal with it but at the moment no one even knows what's going on inside their own head yeah i know and i guess that's part of it is like we we can be role models or we are role models whether we want to be or not uh, but we're still trying to figure it out ourselves and that's it but like even even by like being the role model of hey i don't know what i'm doing i don't know where i'm at i'm trying to figure it out i'm yeah, that's on true. my journey is like a positive thing it, showing other men that they can also be on this journey and it's okay to be if this episode has brought up anything that you'd like to learn more about or discuss with a mental health professional then please check out the show notes where there are links to heaps of resources available to you thanks for listening